Welcome back to Your Average Witch, where we talk about witch life, witch stories, and sometimes a little witchcraft on the full and new moon every month. In this episode, we meet Summer, an indigenous witch in Oklahoma. I met Summer at Anahata's Purpose last year. Summer tells us about why she doesn't use white sage, gives advice on grounding, and spins a tale of how she might have just missed Bigfoot. This episode of Your Average Witch is brought to you by The Rusted Rabbit. The Rusted Rabbit is a handmade crystal jewelry business based out of Michigan. Whether you're looking for a head-turning statement pendant or something more simple and dainty, they've got the piece you need. The Rusted Rabbit is run by Mike and Lindsay of Anahata's Popcorn fame. They are a married couple who each bring a different eye to this small business, making for a variety of unique items. They specialize in wire wrapping, macrame, hair accessories, and much more. They focus on the properties of the crystal they are working with and put those energies into each piece. Check out the Rusted Rabbit to find bold jewelry that's made with love and intention, made for witches by witches. Fly over to therustedrabbitgr.com and use the code YAWPQUEEN to get 15% off your entire order. That is Y-A-W-P-Q-U-E-E-N to get 15% off your entire order. You can also find them on Instagram at The Real Rusted Rabbit or on Facebook as The Rusted Rabbit. Now let's get to the stories. Hello, Summer. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Would you please introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are and what you do and where they can find you? Uh, absolutely. Uh, my name is Summer Parker. Uh, you can find me at Highly Creative Native on Facebook. I have an Etsy shop where I sell handmade beaded items as well as whatever else strikes my fancy. You can also find me on Instagram as Highly Creative Native, all one word. And I mean, hope you stop by and and like my like my stuff. I work hard on it. <laughs> buy, buy her stuff. Yeah, buy well, that would stuff. be preferable. That would be preferable. <laughs> do you but, ever, I mean, do you ever forage and sell forage I, stuff? I have not yet. I have been. Uh, I have some uh, a lot of mullen plants that grow around here. So I'm probably going to have to wait until next season, of course, when they you know, grow and die again. But I really have been wanting to make uh, witches' torches. Yes, please. Because uh, I, I don't have those. mullen. Oh, I have a crap up. Like, I have a ton of it. So, <laughs> no problem. What made you want to open that shop? Well, honestly, just uh, to try and make some extra money. You see, I am a stay-at-home mom, full-time mom. And... Everybody, I guess, needs a side hustle, and I suppose I needed to add it to my stressors. <laughs> and uh, I just have a really creative impulse as well. So I just wanted to create things and share my creations with people, and hopefully they you know, bring them a little bit of joy in their life, a little bit of a handmade indigenous authenticity from hmm. their very own. <laughs> Now, what does it mean to you when you call yourself a witch? What it means to me personally is to sort of, I mean, I hate to put labels on anything, 
honestly, but when I call myself a witch, I am telling people I have an alternative life path. I am not necessarily like everybody else. I have different ideas on how our world works, on how to interact with the world. And in a conservative state, like where I live, to call oneself a witch is also to let other people know, hey, I'm more likely to be a safe space if you need it, you know, because I do, there is so much Christian influence, like really heavy Christian conservative influence. And it can get a little, I mean, I think we all know the history of uh, what the church is capable of, especially with those who don't necessarily, um, agree with or identify as Christian. So really to me, calling myself a witch means safety. Do you have a family history with witchcraft or anything like that? Any stories from your childhood where you think, hey, you know, that's that's really witchy thing that grandma used to do? No, actually I don't. Uh, the The unfortunate thing is that my family kind of lost touch with our culture because I am, uh, I am Cherokee. Uh, my mom was a full blood Cherokee woman and she, she wasn't really, she wasn't deeply in touch. Like she was absolutely, she took part in cultural practices but she never really saw it as following a spiritual path, really. She just saw it as, oh, well, we're Cherokee. This is what we do, sort of thing. So, like, there are traditions that would be, that could be considered quote unquote witchy, but they are also, you know, more just in line with pagan teachings. Because, you know, the Native Americans, we are America's, we're North America's pagans. That's weird to think about. That's, uh, isn't of, it? <laughs> oh, I mean, because the, the people who invaded are the ones who determined that you're not the norm. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it's, it. <laughs> I mean, I know. I know you know, but it's it hitting me. <laughs> That's real weird. <laughs> Do you have a daily practice? Personally, I don't I don't think I do. Um or a regular practice even if it's not daily. You know, as a mom to a 3-year-old, <laughs> uh I don't get a whole lot of routine <laughs> as much as I struggle with it. Uh, but if I had to say that I had a daily practice, then just my daily practice would be doing things with intention because that's also very in keeping with native American cultural practice as well as we tend to do things with intention. If we're preparing food, we want to think good thoughts and put, you know, just generally good vibes into the food that we're going to feed our families. If we're, like one thing that I do is when I brush my son's hair, 
I'm always thinking gentle thoughts and thinking of uh, just happiness, protection, fun, you know, just putting good thoughts into actions is probably the daily practice. That is cool. Would you say witchcraft has changed your life? Uh, I would say that. I think I absolutely would because it has driven me in directions that I don't think that I would have gone normally. And not only that, but just it being a spiritual practice, it has opened me up to a lot of different ways of thinking and different ways of viewing the world. Like uh, the the idea of energy transference and, uh, you know, like I said, just intention has really affected my day-to-day life because that's when you're trying to do things with intention, like you actually, you know, you can't just go on autopilot like so many of us do. I know I'm guilty of it, but um, when you do things with intention, you have to really think about that and really keep like, keep your mind focused on what you're trying to do or what outcome you're trying to influence. So yeah, I think witchcraft has absolutely changed my life for the better. I might add. <laughs> okay. I have, I, I have a question. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's a statement. I don't know. Something's about to come out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It seems like the things that you grew up with, spiritual practices from your culture, you don't consider as part of your practice. It's like separate? Uh, Yeah, in a way, uh, there is a line there because I don't – that line is steadily blurring because I am actually not as connected to my culture as I would like to be. And uh, I don't, I haven't studied uh, my cultural practices as much as I have, you know, methods of witchcraft, like meditation and all of that. But what I am finding more and more is that they're pretty much the same thing. (laughs) They are very, very similar because, um, Something that, at least in my tribe, something that we, like a practice that we, well, just in the way that we lead our everyday lives is meant to be with intention. And in with, because the natural world was kind of seen, you know, we're not we're part of the natural world. So it, we move through it, but we're also moving with it. I don't know if I'm, I understand. Well, I think I understand what you're saying. (laughs) Like if you're in a river, you can just be standing there or you can be crossing the river or you can be in the river and it's carry. You're like, traveling 
either with or yes. against the current? Yes. Exactly. Yay! But- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, you actually put it better than I did. So well done. <laughs> I think you're the only person I know who identifies as an indigenous person that I'm aware of. If you're my friend and and you've told me a million times, I'm stupid and I've forgotten. I'm a flake. I apologize. But to (laughs) right this moment, Summer's the only one I can think of. (laughs) So if I ask questions that seem dumb, uh one i apologize and two you don't have to answer them but that's why (laughs) (laughs) well to be fair we are you know at large we are pretty rare so (laughs) what would you say is the biggest motivator in your practice to me it is about healing because my childhood it wasn't necessarily the worst childhood you could possibly think of. It was traumatic and it was abusive at times. And I think a lot of us run into that in a lot of us in my generation, you know, because our parents, they didn't really know how to parent effectively. So now you have this whole generation of people out there who are having to relearn how to parent them, like having to parent themselves, Mm -hmm. as well as trying to raise the next generation. So to me, a lot of my own craft, like it involves a lot of shadow work, a lot of healing, a lot of, you know, just, you know, speaking my truth, living my truth. And uh, reconnecting to reconnecting to source, basically. Hmm. Do you feel like you ever have imposter syndrome? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Literally every day, or every time that something quote-unquote otherworldly happens i get really excited in the moment and then later on i'm like well it could have been you know xyz like that it could have been the wind that i heard instead of you know spirit talking to me or i could just be having crazy thoughts instead of because i'm a little i have a touch of a mediumship And so there are times where I don't want to say I hear voices, but I kind of (laughs) do in a way. And I mean, who isn't going to question their sanity if they're hearing voices? I mean, come on. (laughs) Everybody seems to I remember Charlie said that she thought she was crazy at first. Yeah. Like there were times because I started coming into that when I was. I was pretty young, uh, like 10, 11 years old when it really started kicking in. And there were times where I would just, it would be like over and over summer, 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 summer. And it would be, that sounds terrifying, dude. It's, it's, <laughs> it's disturbing because <laughs> it's like, why can't 
Like, is this my brain? Is this, what, you know, what, what else could it be if it's not me going crazy? You know, <laughs> apparently it's, it's spirit. So real fun. <laughs> what do you do to counteract that feeling that, oh, this can't be real? For me, I I think about all the other things that at one time humanity didn't believe. As That's being what real. I do too. Yeah, like <laughs> and now we have scientific like hard proof that this is what is happening. So those are I turn to that. It's like, you know, one of these days they really they really are going to be we're going to be able to just talk to ghosts whenever we want. And then it's not just going to be those few of us who can hear them and be like, okay, well, am I crazy or am I a conduit or am I both? (laughs) There's always that possibility too. (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like I'm both. (laughs) Oh, I know. I got some. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What would you say is your biggest struggle when it comes to witchcraft? Consistency, probably. <laughs> um, that's kind of why I started the daily practice of just doing things with intention because I am so inconsistent with things. Like I, I know some witches who their daily practice is, oh, I go to my altar and I meditate for half an hour and I light candles and I say prayers. Right. I don't have half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm lucky if I get five minutes. Especially when you have a kid and I don't have kids and I still don't have 30 minutes. Yeah. It's a, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm very envious of those people who can carve out 30 minutes a day to dedicate solely to their practice. Cause I'm like, I wish I, c- I wish I could do that, but that's not where my life is at right now. So, uh, I just do things with intention, but I do wish that I could do like spellcraft and things with a little more consistency than what I have been able to manage thus far. <laughs> Me too. But it's not a matter of time. (laughs) But this isn't about me. (laughs) Oh, well, don't get me wrong. It's also a matter of like, I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I would rather sit here here and just chill. YouTube. (laughs) Exactly. For me, it's listen to podcasts or whatever. (laughs) Oh, that's at least sort of educational or can be. Would you say you have any long-term goals for your practice? I don't know. I don't think that I would say that I have any long-term goals specifically as far as my practice goes. It's the goal is always to just expand, to continue learning, to continue integrating things into my practice, to, uh, to become more familiar with, you know, different cultures, different materials, different practices, different people, you know, really, I guess my long-term goal is, uh, is community, I suppose. 
to just give it a broad term. Me too. We have like so local much in community. Common, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we have Anahatas. Yes, we and do. we have that group, but I want it here. <laughs> yeah, it would be amazing to have that on a, you know, a small, well, maybe not a smaller scale, but like, you don't have a to closer travel. scale. <laughs> don't have to drive 20 hours. <laughs> yeah. What brings you the most joy in your practice? Right now, the thing that brings me the most joy in my practice is I'm working a lot with ancestor veneration and I'm getting to know my ancestors and learning more about them and getting back into like retouching with my culture, like getting back in touch with my culture. And I don't know that I would have ever gotten to this point if I hadn't gone down the path of witchcraft. How come? Well, the thing is with, and this might be somewhat controversial, but the thing is with Cherokee culture, the Cherokee tribe was colonized very, very early on in our history. And so for a couple hundred years now, most Cherokees have been predominantly Christian. So me being uh, someone with trauma has pretty much like I turned away from that very, very quickly, very, very strongly. I rejected the idea of Christianity and still do in a sense. So if I hadn't started practicing witchcraft, I wouldn't have really spared much of a thought about why learning what our ancestors did and learning about the wisdom of our ancestors, I don't think I would have taken it that seriously. But I take it very seriously now, and I feel like that is because I am on this spiritual path. That's cool. What would you say is your biggest fear in witchcraft? My biggest fear in witchcraft. Honestly, spiritual psychosis is a big fear of mine. Because I'm already questioning myself. Because I'm like, I can hear spirit sometimes. And I don't. Like, you question that. Especially in the beginning. Like, I have only begun. Like, I've barely begun to get into the, I guess, into the regular practice of mediumship. Like I haven't, like I, I can hear spirit, I can talk to spirit, but it's kind of rare and I can't necessarily, I don't necessarily have a say-so over when it happens. Mm-hmm. 
So you can't necessarily initiate a conversation. They just come to you when they feel like it. Yeah. At this point. Oh, yes. gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it makes for interesting outings sometimes. <laughs> Man, I want you to come to, he- I want you to come here, come here for jump show. And then wander I would yard. love to try the wander around your yard. Yes. Just be like, okay, what are you picking up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. What is something you did early on in your practice that you don't do anymore? And why don't you do it? Um, well, honestly, I used a lot of white sage. And, you know, some people might be like, but you're indigenous, so isn't that okay? Not necessarily. Um, You see, depending on which tribe you're from, I mean, not all tribes used white sage. And while it's, you know, kind of seen as like strictly an an indigenous practice. Uh, I don't feel comfortable using it myself. I no longer use white sage uh, because my people actually, we used what we call it cedar, but it's actually juniper. So uh, that is what we use to cleanse with. So that is what I I decided that I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to use this white sage anymore. This is, this belongs to another tribe entirely. Although I believe there was some crossover, but not enough that I'm comfortable saying like, yeah, give me all the white sage. Uh, Besides, I think cedar smells better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Me too. Uh, That's all. That's what I did too. Except I use stuff that's local to me now. Just yeah. Like that's what's here. Oh, uh, dude, I got so much pine and juniper out in the trees around nice. my house. So I'm like, all right. Readily available. Get it fresh. What would you say is your favorite tool in your practice and why and how do you use it? You know, honestly, I don't use a lot of tools. I would like to because I have all the things. I have the crystals. I have the oils. I have the herbs. I have the candles. I have jewelry. I have all the things. But when it comes right down to it, the magic is, this makes sound so cheesy, but the magic is in me. Like I, I carry that with me. It's, it's a part of who I am. It's, it's always present. So I really view the tools as just like unnecessary most of the time, as long as I'm working with intention. That actually makes sense. And I watched you. I sound like a creep, but I watched you at an honest. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound creepy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I don't remember where we were or it was either like at the fire or at um or that that night. <laughs> the but night. I watched yeah. 
I watched you doing something and it was just interesting and different from anything I had seen before. That I, I have a, it's a very vague memory. I just remember that thought that that's new. That's interesting. <laughs> There's no telling. Honestly. <laughs> it looked like you were working with air. Oh yeah, I think you might actually be talking about the night in question. Yeah, um probably. <laughs> uh yeah, I that's kind of uh that was actually something that I don't typically do, but it's something that I was pulled to do in the moment because it's kind of like in my personal practice, energy is ever present and it's ever flowing. And so in that moment, it felt, you know, the energy in the room, it was, I mean, you were there. It was, ugh. yeah. And it felt like movement was needed to loosen that hold and like I don't want to say physically but I'm going to anyway to physically pull it out of the room was see I kind of visualize almost like chords like you hear about your cord cutting it could be like miasma, something like just something stagnant, something that's sticky and thick in a, in a sense, like in an energetic sense, it's just thick and gross. And so I, in that moment, it just felt right to get that energy stirred up to loosen that energy up, to get it to break its hold that it had in the room. If that makes sense. <laughs> I think when Corey and I were talking about it, I don't think we mentioned your name. Maybe we did. Anyway, surprise everyone. One of the other people was Summer. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the night at Anahata's. If you could only recommend one book to a new witch, what would it be and why? You know what? I'm going to open it up. It doesn't have to be a book. One okay. Thing, one source of knowledge. One source of knowledge. Hmm. Honestly, <laughs> and I'm going to seem like such a brown noser, your podcasts like your witchy podcasts. Mine? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yours as well as 
the witch bitch amateur hour. That one makes sense because they actually educate. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, they have the the education part of it. Like, hey, this is what you want to, or this is what this stuff is typically correlated with. This is what it does. But with your podcast, you get a glimpse into the practices of other witches. You get a more like intimate, kind of more of an intimate look into what other people are doing. And then you can kind of draw from that. I mean, believe it or not, Kim, this is a pretty educational podcast. It's fun. That's but it's also like educational in a way. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can tag your, tag your podcast as educational now. <laughs> that never occurred to me. Edutainment. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, wow. Well, cool. Thanks. <laughs> that was not at all what I expected. <laughs> no, I love getting looks into how other people practice and how you know they take this knowledge and how they apply it. Like I, I find it very interesting because you know we all have different ideas and we all have different practices, and somebody might have a way of doing things that feels more right to someone else so that they can incorporate that into their practice and move forward, you know, having learned this new idea or skill or what have you. Would you say that your environment has shaped your practice? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, especially the fact that I am somewhat closeted. Like, I'm getting, well, I take that back. I was closeted in the past. I was very much in the broom closet because uh, I've grown up in a conservative state where if you said, hey, I'm a witch, a lot of people would either immediately shun you or at the very least be like, okay, you weirdo and walk away. So as a result of that, I have actually become a little more secretive about my daily, like not necessarily my daily practices, but just the knowledge that I have. And like, and I'm very selective with who I share that with because of the environment that I am in. <laughs> Do you feel like if you lived in a different, like geographically different space with different physical features, like close to the ocean, or I really have very little idea what it looks like where you live, or like in the mountains or on the East Coast, do you think your practice would be different? Oh, yeah, because I like to, especially in the more recent years, I really like to try and go out and forage for things that I use. Uh, so the environment, like the physical environment would absolutely play a factor in that. Like right now where I live, as I said earlier, like we have a lot of mullen. Uh, but so that plays a big, like uh, you're going to get different plant medicines in different regions. I feel pretty confident in saying we all have low periods, like a magical slump. Mm -hmm. How do you pull yourself out of that? 
Oh, well, I'm still kind of working on that one. <laughs> um, because I'm actually, you've hit on something that I've been feeling very recently. Uh, for the past few months, I have just not felt very magical, magical <laughs> at all. Like it has been very much like day to day. This is what I have to do. This is what I have the energy for. And that is it. And it's a very limited number of things at this point. But I have been finding that I'm pulling myself back out of it. And the way that I've been doing that, the way that I've been pulling myself out of my latest magical slump is I turn to nature. I I start trying to pay more attention to the things that are going on around me. Uh, I, there are times when I'll go out to my yard and I'll just sit in the grass. I mean, obviously not recently because it is hella cold outside, but I will sit down and I'll, I'll watch insects and what they're doing, or I'll watch birds or just even the wind blowing through the trees and thinking about well, what, what would it mean to be a tree? Like I really try to ground myself in the earth and how, how it all works together. And just in that it makes me feel magical because I'm a part of this giant, amazing amalgamation of living organisms and, and just energy. And I'm, a, I'm lucky enough to be a part of that. So it kind of snaps me out of it and makes me realize, Hey, get up. <laughs> like you're, you're not doing anything. <laughs> Do you ever work with other witches magically? Oh, oh yeah. Yes, I have. Uh, it's kind of rare. But I mean, well, I mean, you were there that night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was actually... forgot. <laughs> Immediately. That's okay. That entire weekend is kind of a blur. But uh, it is rare that I work with other witches, and it's not necessarily because I don't want to work with other witches, but it's more of a, like, there aren't a whole lot of witches around me to work with. <laughs> yeah. And the ones that I do know, they're, I'm more of a solitary practitioner anyway, but the witches that are around me, like, I'm not necessarily, like... Hey, we're super close. I feel like that's a very personal, almost intimate act to blend your magic oh, yeah. with somebody else's magic. Absolutely. So I'm very selective about about the people that I would do that with. What or who would you say are the three biggest influences on your practice? Hmm. The three biggest influences on my practice currently, I'm just going to say ancestors in general, because they are playing, you know, ancestor veneration has become a big part of my practice. So there's that. Uh, 
And actually, Margot has become a big influence on my practice because she is like a repository. (laughs) She really is. She's this repository of knowledge. And she, like, the just the way she works her craft is so. I, just, I love it. I'm in awe of her at times. And then probably Coco. Because Coco is because of her dedication to her spirituality. It's really made me more, uh, more aware of how big of a part spirituality can play. So... Do you have anything you want to tell if there's a new witch who's just starting out? Do you have anything you would, any words of wisdom? Learn to ground would be the first thing that I would tell any new witch. Uh, Meditation and grounding is going to, it's going to save your mental health because there are, and that's, I think that's just generally a good life rule, honestly, having been in therapy for a a large amount of time. If I didn't know how to ground myself, then I, I would be crazy. Like emotionally, it would be an emotional roller coaster if I did not know how to ground. So learn to ground, try to meditate. If you can't meditate, Just learn to ground. It's okay. Go out there, put your feet in the dirt. It's fine. How do you ground yourself? You specifically. If I'm able to, I will go outside and do just, I will put my feet in the dirt if I'm able to. If I'm not able to do that, I, I kind of do this visualization where I root myself wherever I am. So, you know, say if I'm, you know, sitting, sitting somewhere in public and starting to freak out, but yeah, in public, so you can't freak out. I will sit there take deep, take a few deep breaths and I will visualize roots growing from the bottoms of my feet to every part of me that is touching something, like if I'm sitting or standing, what have you, and just moving toward the ground, moving toward the earth and, you know, pushing through whatever obstacles might be there, you know, asphalt, concrete, tile, what have you, whatever is there, I'm pushing through and rooting to to the earth. That's the one I like too. It's my favorite. Who do you think I should have on the show next? Oh, there are a lot of people that you've already had on the show. So let me see. (laughs) Because I'm like, you've had Margot on your show. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
if you have you had the author of Backwoods Witchcraft on? Jake Richards. I have not, but I want to. Yeah, I think it would be great if you had Jake Richards on the show. So do I. <laughs> Excuse me, friend, if you can hear this, I'm going to email you. <laughs> Please come on Kim's show. Special request. <laughs> I am going to send him that soundbite. <laughs> Special request from some random fan. (laughs) Now at the end, there are two things that I ask of my guests. Okay. The first is to recommend something to the listeners. Ooh. Uh, What I recommend for your listeners is take some time every day and stretch. Stretch your body. Take care of it. Seconded. (laughs) Now everyone has to go stretch. In fact, everybody right now, stand up and stretch. I'm not going to because I'm on a very creaky chair. But if you can hear my voice, stretch something. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. The second thing is, please tell me a story that you love to tell. Preferably one that you would tell around a campfire. A story that I love to tell that I would tell. Okay, here's a real quick one. So I live in a pretty rural area. And the land that we live on, it's family land. But we had to, there was no house here before we moved in. So we actually went through the Cherokee nation and they helped us to build a house, but we had to clear out the trees and whatnot. So I live on the edge of a forest. As a kid, I loved going out into the woods. Uh, If I wasn't at the house, that's where I was. I was out in the trees. So one day I was going down one of my favorite trails and I actually wasn't very, I wasn't even out of sight of my house yet. Walking down this, it's like a, it's like a, almost like a rock trail, but I'm walking down that and I hear something moving through the foliage off to my left. And I turn and look, and there is this really tall grass and I'm talking like eight feet tall. It's some form of grass. I I don't know the name of it, but I saw something move through that grass and I could only see the top of it is the thing. So whatever the top, the top of this was, it was eight feet high in the air and it looked like shaggy matted fur. And it was one of those moments, like I didn't hear I only heard the initial crash through the foliage. I didn't hear it running off. I didn't hear any footsteps. I didn't hear any other movement. I just heard it hide. Nope. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So. Did you smell anything? Not that I can remember. No. Uh, But I did turn tail 
and go back yeah. to the house. Like Good. I didn't even run. It was one of those things where I was just walking. I froze, saw what I saw, and then thought to myself, hmm, probably need to go back to the house now. <laughs> and then turned around and walked very calmly back to my house. And I I mean, I'm not saying it was a Sasquatch. But I'm also not saying that it wasn't. So because there when, have been sightings in my area. So <laughs> was it that kind of weird effect where you're you're you should be scared and your brain's like, we're not going to do that right now because you need to get away. <laughs> it really was. It was oh. it was one of those moments where it was I should have been afraid, but my brain was like you know what? We're going to be real calm about this. Let's just go home. It was just like a full nope moment. Jeez. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I I hope it turns out well. (laughs) Okay. And I'll see you on the internet. See you there. Bye. Thanks again to Summer for sharing her stories with me. Be sure to stop by the RustedRabbitGR.com to check out our sponsors. And thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast, Twitter at Average Witch Pod, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Your Average Witch Podcast, at YourAverageWitch.com, and at your favorite podcast service. Want to help the podcast grow? Leave a review. You can review us on Amazon and Apple Podcasts, and now you can rate us on Spotify. You just might hear your review read at the end of the next episode. To rate Your Average Witch on Spotify, click the home key, click on Your Average Witch Podcast, and then leave a rating. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com slash cleverkinscurios. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the moon changes. Moon changes.